God's holy word. I will make it a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I will hide its words in my heart that I might not sin against God. Children, you are dismissed. Amen. Broken Vessels, today's message is about broken vessels and amazing grace. God wants to redeem the pieces of broken lives. He wants to repair those broken pieces into something worthwhile. He wants to refill the vessel. If you have your Bible, turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 7. In the beginning, Paul was exalting. And here he starts talking about the power and majesty, God's power in ministry. And then we move down to verse 7 where it's talking about living by faith. So just follow me this morning, but we have this treasure to earth and vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Turn back to 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 20. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 20 reads, But in a great house there are not only vessels of gold and of silver, but also of wood and of earth. Actually, that interpretation, for many of you, if you have the ESV or the New Living Translation, it would say clay. So it says, but also of wood and of clay, and some to honor and some to dishonor. Broken vessels. Many of you have come here today because you're broken. Many of you are here today to celebrate just the greatness of God. Many of you are here, maybe by choice, and others might be here because you feel a sense of pressure. Well, my family's here. My friend's here. I was invited. Maybe there's a sense of expectation of why you're here. But if you were to look back over your life and understand the culture by which you were raised in, it may not be favorable. It might not seem to be as great as what you thought it should or could have been. And yet God in His sovereignty showed you just how much He loved you by sending His Son, that human vessel, who came, who walked up Golgotha, the Via Della Rosa, to the place of the skull, the place where many criminals and those that were guilty were hung on a cross to die for you and for me. We hear in the text and we see in the Scriptures that many of us will say, yes, I've heard it, that he's the potter and I'm the clay. And they always demonstrate 
just what a piece of clay does and how it starts out much like a blob. And then as that wheel starts to turn, they start to bring in form and they start taking knives out and all these different utensils to start fashioning that masterpiece that's on that table. And there isn't anything, I think, worse than if you've ever witnessed it before than to watch the potter lose his balance or slow the wheel down because that piece of clay, that vessel, starts to lose its form. And I've watched which was my art teacher in seventh grade, was the first time I saw it, Mrs. Wygand. I watched her take this beautiful piece almost done, and she nicked it with her thumb, and the thing went, and fell all apart. Today there's many in this room, maybe by choice, maybe not by choice, but you're much like that vessel. You're much like that clay. And it only takes just a little bit of distraction. Just a little bit of maybe moving the wrong way that you start to lose form. I want you to say this with me today. I have a destiny. God is ahead of my destiny. Do you believe that? Do you believe that God is ahead of your destiny? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into thine own understandings. In all thy ways, acknowledge Him. He'll direct your path. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, and yet now I see. In Jeremiah chapter 18, turn back there. That's back in the Old Testament. And this will be the text that we'll be highlighting this morning in Jeremiah chapter 18, verses 1 through 6. And I know for some in the room, this is going to probably be a message that might be personal for you or hit home. And for some, it may not be. But if you're here, there's a reason why you're here. Stay focused. Stay alert because God has something for you. I sat in my office last night from 10 o'clock to... Almost midnight without a message. So I started going through all of my files. God, what is it? He said, I told you I want you to speak on broken vessels. And I said, broken vessels? I know it keeps coming up in my mind. He wouldn't give me peace. So I want you to know that this message isn't much like so many other pastors that pull it out of the archive and was preached back in, you know, 19... 22, and I decided to pull it out today. This message is for you. Because he kept me up till after one this morning. So I hope that you hear what God has to say. And I want you to be attentive to what God has to say. And I want you to fulfill your destiny because there is a hope. There are great plans for years of future. Let go, let God. Let him do a work in your life. So Jeremiah 18, verses 1 through 6, it says this. The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord says, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause thee to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and behold, he, he brought a work unto the wheels. He brought a work 
unto the potter's wheel. And in verse 4 it says, And the vessel that he made of clay was marred. It says here, it was ruined. So he's working on it, and that vessel was ruined. It said here, it was marred in the hand of the potter, so he made it again and again another vessel. That seemed good to the potter to make it. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, O house of Israel, can I not do with you as this potter, saith the Lord? Behold, as the clay is in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. He was 21 years old. By all appearances, he was living life to the fullest. Parties, drinking, living it up. He was young and just full of life. He had a bright future ahead of him. Although this was the appearance of many, inside there was a war that was going on. And this is a true story. The parties were no longer satisfying. The alcohol no longer enough. The friends were there when he would buy their drinks. And his family, well, he hadn't seen his mother since he was a young boy. And his father was not much of one. He was only 21. But inside of his exterior confidence, an interior battle was being fought. He began to feel hopeless. He began to feel alone. He had no reason to live. Why should he go on? There is nothing in this life for me. So one day he had enough. He could no longer bear the emptiness that he felt on the inside. So he went to his lonely apartment room. He sat on the edge of his bed. He pulled out his twenty-two revolver, pointed it at his chest and pulled the trigger. This morning, we serve a God of second chances. And there's grace that comes from the throne room of God. Have you ever felt like a complete failure? Do you ever wonder what you're alive for? Has life seemingly just passed you by? Do you lie awake at night and wonder why your life has turned out the way it has? I want you to know. That he is the potter, and we are the clay. God is the creation, and we are the created. Listen closely.
Let us pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for your amazing grace that is bestowed upon us, Father. We thank you that today, Lord, we can see. For those that might be in this room that do not know you as Lord and Savior, may they just stop and let go. Surrender their life. Surrender their pride. Surrender their will. God, surrender their, their addiction. Surrender that pain. Surrender the anxiety. Surrender the panic. Surrender the fear. God, today, I know that we are restored because we serve a God of grace. So God, speak to us this morning. Breathe in me this morning. Hide me behind the cross this morning. Speak to your children this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Maybe at one point in your life you had big dreams. You were going to go places. You wanted a big house. And for many you said, I have this perfect job. I want a nice job. I'm looking at having the perfect husband or the perfect wife. And a bunch of chubby little kids who were, will be or were all little angels. Instead, you got a shack for a house. Your marriage is a wreck and you can't work because you have too many little brats to take care of. So now you lay awake and you wonder why. Why live? Why fight this battle anymore? Maybe it's not even what I've talked about so far, but whatever it may be, it doesn't really matter. It all adds up to the same conclusion. Hopelessness. Hopelessness. In our world today, many feel like their existence means nothing. Many are simply empty shells of brokenness. Oh, they pace to smile on their faces and laugh their way through life. Or maybe they become depressed and withdraw from it all. Suicides occur every day at unprecedented rates. From the front page of the newspaper to the deep, hidden corners of the human heart, a cry is going up. It's the searching, longing cry of a culture, and in fact, a world in crisis. Where is the hope? Where is the peace? Where is the purpose and meaning for life here in this world? Many of you feel like you have messed up too many times and God would never forgive me now. I've gone just too far. You don't understand, Pastor. There is no forgiveness for me. I've waited too long. Perhaps the potter of your life has just thrown the clay away. Have you ever wondered if maybe the clay of your life has been thrown away? Well, I have good news. God has not thrown the clay of your life away. God has come to make your vessel all that it was intended to be. And today, my first point is, He wants to redeem the vessel. He wants to redeem the vessel. Redeem means to actually buy back. God desires to buy back Or by the broken pieces of your life. And it doesn't really matter how broken up your life may be. It doesn't matter what you have done or where you've been. God wants to buy you back. The master of all potters wants to redeem your vessel. 
He has provided the redemption plan for your life. He doesn't care what you've done or the mess you've made. He wants to buy you back. Why? Because you have a destiny. Why? Because He loves you. Why? Because He formed you. Why? Because He created you. Why? Because you are valued to the Most High God. You see, Jesus Christ paid the debt that was necessary for our salvation. There was once a Russian officer, having become hopelessly involved in debt, sat down in desperation and wrote out a list of his indebtedness. Summing up the whole, he wrote in despair at the bottom, Who can pay such a debt as this? That night, the emperor passed through the barracks in disguise and seeing the paper beside the sleeping man, read it and wrote at the end of the question the one word. Nicholas. In the morning, the officer wondered who had done it. But all doubts vanished when at 10 o'clock, the emperor sent the cash necessary for the heavy payment. You see, unsaved people, you are in debt also. If you do not know Christ, you are in debt also. Think of your sins. How much do you owe the Lord? And when in despair you say, who can pay such a debt? Then you can say, as you whisper the name, Jesus. 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 He can pay it. Why? Because he has paid it. Jesus paid it all? Yes. All the debt you owe. You know the old hymn. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left a crimson stain. He washed it white as snow. Martin Luther said this. God. Then is more earnest for me to be saved than I am to be saved. Why? Because he so loved the world that he gave his son. We know the part of scripture John 3.16, he loved not saints, he loved not penance, not the religious, not those who love him, but it says here, but he loved the world, secular men, profane men, hardened rebels, hopeless wanderers, and yet he loves sinners. He gave not a mere promise, not an angel to teach us, not a world to ransom us, but His Son, His one and only begotten Son, Jesus. So much did God love the world that He sent His Son for a sinner like me. I believe this. I must believe this. I believe on Him who says it. How can I then do otherwise than rejoice? Let's look at Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7. Ephesians 1 verse 7. In Ephesians chapter 1 verse 7, as you turn to your Bible, or turn in your Bible, it says, In whom we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His Hallelujah. The riches of His glory. The riches of His grace. That's how good God is. Let's look at Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. Galatians chapter 1 verse 4. You'll have to search 
deep, way back in your pages. Just kidding. I only say that just to give me more time to find it, right? Five pages back. Galatians chapter 1 verse 4 says, Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from the present evil world according to the will of God and of our Father. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. And then if you look over to Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. I love this. One of the greatest verses of all times that really talks about the redemption of Christ. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20 says, For I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live yet not I, but Christ lives me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Yes, I read it out of the King James Version. Sometimes I read out of the New Living Translation. But it was easier for me to sometimes I find and, and I can see a little better at my age. But here in, in this verse it says, And the life which I lived in the flesh, I once lived, but now I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. How many of you have been living by the flesh? If you're a teenager in this room, if you're a young adult in this room, I want you to listen closely. I was a teenager, and I'm not far from it. But reality is this. Sin runs rampant. I was talking to a man the other day, and he said to me, he's like, you know, it's real interesting because most young adults, it's through our youth, that we start to suffer. It's through our youth that we're introduced to the lusts of the flesh. It's through our youth that we start drinking. It's through our youth that Jimmy Bob tells Mary Sue, take a puff of the cigarette. It's through our youth that pornography is introduced to us. It's through our youth that we get bullied. It's through our youth that we give up going back to church because of something somebody said. But church, I'm here to tell you today that there is grace. And you can see here, it says, I am crucified with Christ. When was the last time that you said, God, here am I. I crucify myself. Take me, even if I am a cracked vessel, even though I'm broken. God, reshape me, remake me. I need you today. There is grace. You see, you won't let go of it. The problem with Christians today is they can't let go. See, it was easy back in probably, I would say, things started to change much in the late 70s and early 80s. Up to that point, churches could be full, and I'll tell you why. Because there wasn't a restaurant that was open. You couldn't do anything. You went to church. Grandma yanked you by the earlobe. Grandma slammed you down and smacked you upside the head, and she wasn't even your grandma. <laughs> you know why? Because everybody was there. There was a sense of community. There was a sense of family. There was a sense of camaraderie. But here's what's happened. We've given in to the sins of this world, and we've lost our perspective. Because you see, everything's open now. June 2nd, masks come off. Things open back up. Another, another layer of chaos will start. That's just what, that's what it is. But, but you see, he went to the cross. 
and died for all of us. So it doesn't matter what goes on around our world because he's the master of the wind. He's the master of the sea. He's the master of everything. And he is not intimidated by anything in this world. And we, we fail to realize that. So this morning, I'm going to ask you this personal question. You may not think you are worth a thing. You may feel like you could just drop off the face of the earth and no one would even miss you. But I do know someone that cares for you. I know someone who loved you enough that he provided the plan to redeem your broken vessel. He gave of his own son to buy back the broken pieces of your life. He loved you enough that he gave of his own blood to redeem your vessel. And his name is Jesus. Number two, repair your vessel. Repair your vessel. Not only does the Lord desire to repair or redeem your vessel, but he wants to repair it. He doesn't throw the clay away. He repairs it. When everybody else says that you are not worth anything, your life's a failure. God says he wants to repair your vessel into something worthwhile because you're valuable to God. Human nature is too bad to be improved. Too to debilitated to be repaired. Many of you have seen a cracked bell before. We know the Liberty Bell. How can it be restored, many ask, by, by one of two methods. The first is to repair the bell, to surround it with bands. Nevertheless, you can easily tell that there is a crack in the bell by the crack of the sound. The only effective way to repair the bell is to remelt or recast it or make it all new. Then the ring will be clearer. And human nature is a bell suspended high up in the steeple of creation to ring forth the praises of the Creator. But in the fall, in Eden, the bell cracked. And yet, how can it be restored? By one of two ways. One is to surround it with the outward laws and regulations as with steel hoops. This is the method adopted by philosophy, right? And without doubt, there's a marked improvement in the sound. But nevertheless... The crack in the metal shows itself in the crack because of the tone that it makes. The best way is to remelt it, recast it, remold it, and this is God's method in the gospel. He remelts our being. He refashions us. He makes us new creatures in Jesus Christ. Zealous unto good works. And by and by we shall sound forth his praises in nobler, sweeter strain than ever we did before. Heaven's high arches will be made to echo our anthems of praise. And it says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should what? Walk in them. How many of you feel like a cracked bell in here? A broken piece of pottery. God has come to repair your vessel. When everyone else says that you are worthless, God says you are worth everything. And your pastor says you're worth everything. He wants to take the broken pieces of your life and remake them into something new. You see, he can take the worst homes and make them peaceful. He can take the worst addicts 
and make them clean. He could take a wrecked marriage and put it back together again. So what makes you think he can't remake your life? What makes you think that he can't remake your life? The psychiatrist who visited a rescue mission listened intently to the testimonies of many of the converts. The superintendent asked him if he would like to say a word. This is what he said. Tonight I have been given an opportunity to observe something I did not know even existed anywhere. It has been my privilege to listen to the testimony of men who were glad to witness to what Christ had done for them. I know nothing about that, but I confess I cannot otherwise explain what has taken place in their lives. And a few of these men recognized in the room as drunkards. Some in the room were even dope addicts. Some of them had, have come under my observation at the hospital, but here they are. It's amazing. They're alive. They're well-dressed, delivered, and in their right minds. I do not know how the miracle has been wrought, but one thing I am confident, nothing in science can account for this change in them. That kind of gospel is worth preaching to anyone anywhere because the only change that took place was Jesus Christ. That's the only way that you can face recovery, amen? Amen. That's the only way you can face recovery, amen? Amen. That's the only way you can face recovery, amen? Amen. Amen. So listen, church, Jesus Christ is still in the life-changing business. He can still make people into new creatures in Christ Jesus. If your life is a mess this morning and you don't know where to turn, I just want you to know that Jesus Christ is the answer. Jesus Christ is the answer. He wants to redeem your vessel. And he wants to repair it today. So we see here, not only does God want to redeem and repair your vessel, but God wants to refill your vessel. Refill your vessel. That emptiness that you felt God desires to fill, the lonely worthlessness, he wants to fill. God desires to come inside of your heart and fill it with what has been missing. He doesn't just want to buy your vessel and repair it and have a nice keepsake to sit around, but he wants to fill you up with his spirit in order to be used of him. I believe this message is personal for someone in this room. I looked up the word vessel, and it talks, just what I'm saying, it's, It can be a jar, it can be a clay piece of, you know, artistry. But it also said it could be a ship, a boat. How many of you are sinking in this room because you've lost your way? How many of you are sinking in this room and don't feel like you have any hope? You need to refill your vessel. You need to go to Jesus Christ. You need to plug up the hole, patch up the hole. Get it to somebody and let Jesus Christ start to build your vessel and make it fresh and new so you can sell like you've never sold before. A king who wished to express his affection for a private soldier of his army gave him a richly jeweled cup 
his own cup. The soldier, stepping forth to receive the gift, exclaimed shamefacedly, This is too great a gift for me to receive. And yet the king replied, It's not too great for me to give. It's not too great for me to give. So Christ offers us the infinite gift of the Holy Spirit to cleanse and fill our hearts and to abide with us. Think then how much he must have cared that we receive it. Some of you may say, you know, (coughs) excuse me, I don't understand this kind of love for me. I'm not worthy. My love was a mess of broken pieces. I was raised in a Christian home. I always wanted to be a Christian, yet my life was, was broken. Excuse me. I felt useless, hopeless. I didn't think God would ever want me, yet He did. He loved me. God took the broken pieces of my life. He brought them back with His blood shed on an old rugged cross. You see, He has repaired my broken vessel. He has filled me with his Holy Spirit. Today he desires to do the same for you. Your life can be made over again. He can take you and remake you into something so useful. Your life may be in shambles. Your hope may be gone. But Jesus Christ wants to refill your soul with hope. And today, he desires to have the Holy Spirit fill you to overflowing. Why? Because he doesn't throw away the clay to anyone. Because you are of value. There is hope for you this morning. In the scriptures it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 19, Do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you whom you have from God? You are not your own. Your body is the holy temple. In 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 17 it says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Woo! Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. That's amazing. My dad and I were driving down the road, and he made this comment to me. He's like, son, uh, did you know back when I was a little boy, I was hit by a car, laid up in the hospital. I said, come on, Dad, are you serious? He's like, yeah, I'm serious. I was hit by a car. And I'm like... Was it bad? He said, yeah, it was so bad that I was in the hospital for weeks. I'm like, I got to go find this out. You know, is this like a fisherman's story? So I had to go, yeah, exactly. He was in there for three hours, and to him it was weeks. So I went and asked my grandma, and grandma said, yes, we were very concerned for his life. And God took this little boy. Dad always called himself the black sheep of the family. I loved my dad, I loved the way I admired him. I loved the business part of my father. I remembered working at ODOT for him. He was a district four superintendent, and he was harder on me than he was on anybody else. And I felt like, you know, and you've probably heard me say this before, is there a reason why we're getting to work an hour early and not like 10 minutes early? Come on, I'm a teenager. My sleep is very valuable. We have to be here at 7. That means I'm here at 6.15 because he kept saying, son, you represent me. You're a masterpiece. Your value. Get to work. 
yeah, but you're here, and because you're some big deal around here, you could sneak out of your little fancy office at whatever time you want and cruise home in your little Aries K car provided by ODOT. They, they provided such fancy cars back then, didn't they? And, um, but it hit me. God had a greater plan for him, didn't he? Who would have ever thought that your pastor who's standing before you would not be standing here presenting the gospel of Jesus Christ, understanding that God can take a broken vessel and do something great in their life? If you're sitting in this room and you think sometimes, I'm just not worth all that my parents told me I was. I'm not as important as some say I am. Well, you are of value. You matter to Christ. And God has something great for you. Do you know I pray every single night and every morning that God gives us a gifted child. Her name is Libby, who's not even in this world. God, I speak it into that baby girl's life. She's not here. But I prayed for my kids. I prayed for my wife. And God gave me a great family that I get to be with, that we get to worship the Lord, that we get to pray together, that we get to celebrate together. God spared my dad. Yeah, his outward exterior body might have been shattered, might have been cracked. But God, in his sovereignty and in his grace, repaired him back to good health. And in closing, I want to say this to you this morning. I started off this morning about a 21-year young man. His hope was gone as he pulled that trigger. As the world around him dimmed for what he thought was the last time. He wondered if he had done the right thing. But instantly, immediately, he woke up. He thought he was dead at first, but then he realized he was still alive. It was not too long after this that this father realized that it was only through God that he could find hope. And this dad still wears that bullet that he shot into his body that day. Yet God in his mercy saw fit to give him another chance. This dad was saved not too long after this event. He became a preacher. He got married. He had five kids. Because God had mercy on him. He redeemed him. He remade him. And he refilled the vessel of this father's life. If it would not have been for God's mercy, this dad would have never lived. And his last child would have never been a pastor. Not only did he surrender, but his son surrendered. When you think, is there any good in me? When you think that God does not hear your cry... When you think, but you don't understand, I am such a sinner. I have made so many mistakes. I have fallen so short from your grace and from your glory. There's no hope for me. Church and brother and sister, young and old, I'm here to tell you this today. There's hope for you. God wants to save you. There's grace for you. And it is only through God and his mercy that some of us are actually here today. We don't know the number of times that God has protected us. We don't know how many times we should, have, we should be in eternity. But he spared us. And some that are in this room today feel like there's no hope. 
because you are broken. But God wants to buy you back today. And I hope that if you're struggling, I want you to come to grips with your sin. I want you to come to grips with your value. That you feel beyond the hope of anyone. But God is not intimidated by who you are because he created you. And he is the creator of all things. God loves you. I'm going to make this very personal this morning. In this room, you've been accused by the accuser. He reminds you every single day of your life that you aren't worth anything. He reminds you every single day that you are of no value. He reminds you every day that you are a sinner and there's nothing you can do to win the hearts and souls of your children, of your family, of your co-workers, of those that love you. But when you let your light shine, when you confess that sin, and you allow Christ to come in and to fill you up, then the accuser no longer has power over you because God, who has all power, delivers His children from the addictions in their life. But you got to bow. you got to pray. you got to humble yourself. You have to seek His face. I've been broken. And I've been spilled out. Last night, we had a prayer meeting with the men. What a great prayer meeting where the Holy Spirit was present. And the Holy Spirit is here. But we can't have the Holy Spirit if you keep guarding your addiction. If you keep giving in to your sin. If you keep giving into your flesh. Listen to me. There is freedom. 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 Freedom in Jesus Christ. This is... I believe, in a, if I quote this correctly, mental, er, mental Illness Awareness Month. And I came in and I thought, as I was in my office, I said, you know, I was out standing around my, my camper this past week, the wood and the deck, and, and God kept saying broken vessels. And I kept thinking, what in the world? Why broken vessels? So I want the men to know when I said I have to get out of here, I didn't have a clue where God was bringing this message. I was even... I didn't even know. I didn't even know where I was going to go with my points. There was a blank slate. So I did it. I did go back home. And I pulled out the files. And I went back to 1922. And I started digging through there. Trying to find, did I ever preach that before? And I didn't. And so as I went through all of them, and I started looking and spent two hours aimlessly, God said, by the way, Todd... I'm God. Get up off the floor because that's where I was sitting. There's deliverance for somebody. Get up to your desk and get to work. So I plead with you today with all sincerity. I preach every, 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 every week. And I, I ask God, please deliver your people. I want you free. I want us to run in victory. 
I want revival to take place. I want this church to explode. I want God to do a work that only he can do. But you can't do it being strung up, hung out. You have to let go and let God. You have a gifting. Take that gifting and use it for Christ. Don't covet. So this morning, I have some hope for you. God won't leave you. God won't forsake you. God won't stop loving you. God won't forget about you. God won't neglect his children. God won't be given a job he won't handle. God won't nor can't make a loser. God won't nor can't make a mistake. God won't lose. God won't be unforgiving to those who ask for forgiveness. God won't stop thinking about you. God won't fail. I promise you, mark it down. It will never happen. Maybe you think you've gone too far. You've just done too much. But God wants to give you hope this morning. He wants to give you peace. He sent His Son to die for your sins. Why don't you just accept His sacrifice this morning? He didn't throw the clay away to your life this morning. Why don't you come and take part in His love today? Because He wants to redeem you, remake you, and refill you. He wants to change you. I'm a broken vessel, and I think because I'm a sinner saved by grace, I have a different responsibility. I have a different calling to bring people together, to celebrate the goodness of God, yet to celebrate the power and the intercession of the Holy Spirit. And I am not limited by what God can do because I serve a can-do God. And from a little teenager, nine years old, God saved 13 got baptized, 15 to preach. Listen, God has something in store for you. And if you're 54, 55, 62, 95, 37, whatever you are, God has plans for you. He's always there. And it says in His Word in Jeremiah, He's capable of changing. But church, you'll never change if you don't surrender your life to Him. This ain't just a message. This isn't just a message. This is your pastor's heart. I want a church full of people that are surrendered and sold out, that are serving Christ with all their heart, that when a song comes on, and can you find that in our our broken vessels? I'm going to change something up real quick here. If you can find the song that you have. And we're going to sing that for altar call, but I want you to rise to your feet as they're looking for that. Because I think this song is so relevant for for us today. I'm going to have the praise team come up. And then we're going to close and the service will be over today. But here at New Hope, we never we don't stop doing what we're doing because of time. We're here to let the Holy Spirit do His work. And I want a church, I want families, I want a people to surrender. People are out to eat right now. People are doing their things, and I understand that. But they're broken, and they need you. They need you, but more importantly, they need Christ. And you might be that only Bible they'll ever see, they'll ever read. So this morning, I just ask that, even up here in the praise team, every every head bowed, every eye closed. 
Is there somebody in this room today that would say, you know, Pastor, yes, today I need Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I feel broken. I've been a mess. But I need to ask Jesus into my heart. Is there somebody in this room that God has spoke to? Amen. Amen. Is there somebody else in this room that you feel like, yes, in my life, I've, I've dealt with some things. Yeah, I feel like my vessel is cracked and it's broken. And I just need God to refill it. I need Him to restore it. I need Him to, to fix it. Is there somebody here today that would say, yes, I need God's help? Would you slip up your hand? Amen. 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 All over the room. Amen. Amen. Well, then today's the day where you need to come to Christ and say, God, because of your amazing grace, Lord, I know I've been blinded. And the accuser has just messed up my life, but God, I need you today more than I ever have. Listen, church, we have an altar call, time of of repentance, yet a time of reflection. Come to Jesus Christ. If you need to pray quietly and silently, you could sit in your seat. You can come to the altar. But this is where we meet Jesus. This is where we meet God. Let us pray. Father, we love you. We thank you today for those that are here with us. And Father, I I bind Satan in the name of Jesus Christ and those that are struggling addiction in this room. Father, right now I pray for deliverance over them. I bind Satan in the name of Jesus Christ and I pray for victory. God, I, (coughs) I also pray for healing for the broken vessels that are in this room. God, we love you. We thank you for what you've done and what you're going to do even here today. We ask this in your name. Amen.